Yeah, everybody's staying in here today, so elementary kids hang tight. Um, you get to be in big church. Um, hey, so uh, when we do our baptisms and kind of have our fifth Sunday uh, time, we usually try to share some stories of transformation um, in people's lives and just celebrate even more kind of what God's doing um, in folks at different stages of their journey. And uh, so this is going to be a little bit uh, unique this morning. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, I mean, obviously our stories are all different. Some of us grew up inside the church. Some of us grew up outside the church. Um, and each of those has their own unique challenges. And then there are those who grew up with parents in ministry full time, pretty much their whole uh, childhood. Um, and that's Jack and Emily's story. Um, and they're going to share a little bit about what that journey was like for them and some of the things that they learned and had to overcome and work through um, in that process and that's kind of led them up to where they are today. I remember meeting them a little bit, uh, was around a year ago, or, um, and just recognizing pretty quickly, man, these folks um, love Christ and um, if we could get them to stay here, um, they were going to probably play a pretty big role in, in um, just the life of our church, um, Christ shines through them pretty brightly. So um, they got to share at our intro to Wellspring class um, a couple months ago when I was like, man, we were just scratching the surface of the story. So I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper. So this is Jack and Emily Deshaun, and I'm going to be kind of interviewing them today. So that's why I'll be looking on my phone. Um, so not that, you know, I'm just bored with what they're saying. So um, all righty. So I shared uh, just that, you know, both of your families were in kind of full-time ministry at different seasons of your childhood, and so you guys uh, definitely were both impacted uh, by that. So what were some of the challenges that you faced growing up in that kind of environment? Um, sure. So my parents were missionaries. They were actually missionaries to Turkey. Um, so the, when that really got started, yep. Okay. There you go. I, I was in proper <laughs> form and I wasn't using it. Um, so my parents were missionaries of Turkey and that really got started in my life when I was six years old. My, my family's from here, blue collar family. I mean, my, my, my dad was a machinist for snorkel. Um, my mom was working at Johnson controls. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just like most of you guys. And then all of a sudden my parents came in and say, Hey, we're going to move to Springfield and go to college to learn to be missionaries. I was like, okay. So, um, anyways, they moved down there. Uh, they did an internship then for two years, just kind of like what Elmar's doing to learn to be a pastor and that type of thing, because that was ultimately what they wanted to do was go plant a church over in, in overseas and ended up being Turkey. So um, between after the internship was over, then we start. That's when like real hardcore missionary stuff started. So um, missionaries fund themselves different ways. Like the, the Southern Baptist Convention is a pretty well known one where the churches just pay money into a pool and then people basically like, I mean, job interview to be missionaries. And so then they, they get some of that. Ours was very, very different. Um, we actually traveled around the United States for two years, about two and a half years, visiting each and every church that we uh, wanted to support our ministry. Um, and then after that two and a half year period was over, then we actually went overseas. I was there for about 18 months um, before I came back to finish high school and then move on to college. But my parents and my sisters were there for uh, seven years before they came back to actually do a church plant here right in St. Joseph. Um, so that's kind of my, my childhood experience with ministry. But Emily's was similar and yet very different. So I'll let her tell about that. So um, I grew up. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. So I grew up in a pastor's family. Um, and my dad, just a little background, my dad actually got saved in the 70s. And so he 
was a drug addict and dealer and like in a really bad place. So when he got saved, he came to a church that was pretty conservative. And so in his mind, in order to clean up his life and be holy, like he had to do everything perfect. And so he was a very conservative, legalistic um, environment, I guess is, is what I grew up in. Um, I knew my parents loved me and I knew they loved God. And so the, those were overarching themes that were throughout my childhood. Um, but one of the more unique factors of my family is that uh, my parents had 10 kids and I'm the seventh out of 10. So there was 10 of us, um, super conservative. Uh, we were basically my upbringing was all in church because we were homeschooled. And so like if there was a ministry, my family did it. You know, I, we were always, always there. So the positives of that is I learned to interact with people well. I learned to love people well, I think. I learned to serve. Um, and so that, and the benefits of doing that, that was awesome. The downsides of that was I really had no exposure outside of the church. And um, just learning tools and relationships and, and different things outside of the church just wasn't quite in my wheelhouse. So long journey along the way. And you, you mentioned, too, in your story that you guys moved, like, from church oh, to yeah. church <laughs> a lot. So, yeah, we did. Um, I don't even know how many times we moved. My dad always said that he wanted to go to small churches and build them up and then move on to the next one. My personal theory is my dad doesn't play well with others, so he would go to one place, and then once they were kind of done with him, we'd move on to another one. And so that was kind of my upbringing is a lot of upheaval, um, a lot of moving. My siblings did become my best friends, and, you know, we're a very close unit. Um, and that had its pros and cons, where it's like, okay, when people saw our family, they saw our family. They never saw individuals because we're so large, right? And then my mom would tend to dress us all the same, and it was just... <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> so um, that was a unique experience, just trying to navigate out of that and become my own person and, and figure out what that looked like. Yeah. So. Okay. So we also just talked about uh, maybe some of the false narratives about God yes. that you were kind of picking up through the years. You maybe didn't realize it at the time, but then given some perspective, you look back and you're like, ah, maybe that wasn't Quite, quite right in terms of who God is and what his heart and nature is. And so just maybe share some of those narratives you kind of had to overcome a little bit. Sure. So as I mentioned um, with my personal story, there was a lot of, of upheaval. I mean, being in one place for um, a maximum of a few years. And then when deputation hit, that's when things really ramped up as far as um, when I started believing narratives because I was 12 years old when we started deputation. So up to that point, my life had been pretty normal. Um, and it's you know, in elementary school and whatnot, I was just a normal kid that happened to move around a few times. But then when deputation started, that so all So tell us changed. what deputation is again. So yeah, just a reminder, deputation is when we traveled around raising support at each individual church that we were hoping would, would you know, uh, give a financially support our ministry and in and, and lots of other ways too. Um, you know, emotional support, spiritual support, um, and we get care packages. The churches were great. Um, but that period of time was when we, we did our hardcore fundraising. It was like being a rock star and that you got to travel all over the place, but there was no fortune or fame. So it, it was kind of close to that. But in that period of time, we went to about 180 churches. So, I mean, it was like, but really think about it like 
going to 180 job interviews in, in uh, two and a half years. So imagine that stress. Um, and being a 12 year old, 12 to 14, you know, I was you know, starting to think independently or, you know, a little bit and, you know, develop my identity outside of my parents, you know, and honestly the first step for most adolescents is developing your identity in the view of your peers. Well, I didn't have peers. I mean, honest, in a lot of ways, deputation was like, um, almost COVID in a way where I didn't have a community anymore. And so in addition to that, it kind of left me a little unrooted, I guess. But in addition, we're going to 180 job interviews in, in a couple years. So there was a great deal of scrutiny um, that was put on my sisters and I. I'm the oldest of my family. And um, it was, we actually had a pastor that, that really, that actually verbalized it. They actually said, in not a, in an appropriate way, just an honest way, they just said, you know, the, the children of the missionaries are one of the key indicators we look at on whether we're going to support them or not. And they had reasons that make sense, but for be, like being a 13-year-old boy hearing that, that was, that was a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know, at the same time, like, you have to put on a, a, a front that like, hey, I, I'm 100% in, and you know, you want, people want to hear what they want to hear, and unfortunately, I fell in the trap of, of just being fake. Like, I just learned to fake it because I didn't want my parents to fail. And in, as, you know, with all the anger and like, confusion going on as well, I, I really hardened my heart to people and God as well, um, and kind of just figured out how to deaden myself to that aspect of my life, which was really unfortunate because it was like 90% of my life. Um, and that carried with me you know, quite a ways after that into adulthood, and honestly, I'm still unwinding it, and uh, that we're really glad to be here because you guys have helped with that already. Um, I would say that's like the overarching false narrative that I started internalizing during that time. Okay. Yeah. And I know for me, um, kind of like I was talking about before, my parents were legalistic, and, and we had a lot of rules, a lot of rules. And so for me, I thought in order to please God, I had to be perfect. I had to follow all the rules. I had to do everything just right. And not only that, um, I had to do something incredible for God. Like it, even the idea of just being a pastor's wife or something like that, that was like, well, I could, I could do that, but... Now, isn't there something even more amazing I could do for God to prove my love for him after, you know, all he's done for me? And so I had the false narrative of, honestly, it kind of workspace. And my parents would never have said that. But the way we lived our life was workspace. And it, it was a lot of pressure. And I, I struggled a lot with fear, fear of failure, fear of not um, measuring up. Um, and that I just, basically, I just kind of thought of, like, what is the hardest thing I could do for God? And that's what I should do to, to prove my love for him. Mm. So. Yeah, and so you kind of talked about bringing that sense of just duty and responsibility of your faith kind of into the college season. Um, and then for you, it was, yeah, if I'm not being a missionary or doing something crazy, then am I even really in the game, right? Uh, so you both ended up at the same college, and that was a, a pivotal time for you guys. Um, first of all, obviously being away from your parents, being away from those different ministry situations to kind of find yourself a little bit, and you had some good mentors along the way. So tell us just about that season and why that was important for you. Yeah, so along those lines, I decided that I needed to go be a missionary to India and help the girls caught in the sex life trade. I was gonna get my counseling degree and I was gonna go overseas and I didn't care, I didn't need anybody to help me, like I was just gonna do it because that was the big grand thing that I thought 
would be pleasing to God. So um, I moved to Springfield, Missouri, and went to Bible college there. Um, met Jack, like, first day. And we instantly connected, and he actually even asked me out on a date, or, you know, that first semester. And I knew his background a little bit as being a missionary and how turned off he was by that. And I was like, yeah, I'll go get ice cream with you, but I'm going to be a missionary, so... She spilled it in my car, yeah. and so I had a stain in that car. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it obviously worked out because now we're together. But like that was how kind of hardcore I was about it. Even though there's this guy that I obviously liked, it was like no, no, this I have to do this hard thing for God. Um, but in that process um, and through the counseling program there, I I did have a wonderful uh, mentor. He was my one of my professors that I actually ended up doing one-on-one -on -one counseling with him uh, for almost a year. And oh my gosh, just just the grace that was given, the realization that I can glorify God in my words and my actions and my heart, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm here, whether I'm in India, wherever I am, that, that God is pleased with me because of his son. And the weight that that realization took off of me and the freedom it gave me was like, oh my gosh, I could do anything now. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that I'm glorifying God. And so for me, that was that was huge, mm. a huge turning point. Yeah. Uh, college. When I got to college, uh, I came. I did a year of high school here in uh, St. Joe, um, and then previous to that, I was overseas, like you know, in Turkey. And I brought a lot of. I mean, just from deputation and then being overseas, which was basically COVID before anybody knew what COVID was. I mean, very little interaction with anybody, didn't leave, you know, I, I spoke English to other people like once a week type of deal. Um, so I brought all that with me to college. And so when I hit the, hit the ground, I was ready to, to just let all that insecurity and, and immaturity just explode. And so that was a, a very interesting time for me, but thankfully, uh, it was. I knew I did not want to go into ministry. I, I knew that there was no confusion about that, um, and so I, I started pursuing the business program. And that's where I had a professor that uh, she she was just one of those miraculous people that that sees in you something you don't see in yourself. And she just really helped me raise the bar. She, she was really the one that posed that question to me, like, is this the person you want to be? Do you want to be this immature person or do you want to be better? Because I think you can be better. Mm -hmm. And so that really caused me to be like, I need to start, you know, just to step back and think, I need to start growing up. I, I, I have more than I can attain. Um, I, I, there's more of a person I can be. You know, it wasn't about achievement. It was about there's, God has more for me than this. Because I knew God was still with me, even though we weren't really on speaking terms most of the time. I, I knew that I couldn't just turn my back on him because he was the one that gives my life, my life value. I just had to figure out how to understand that. Um, and thankfully, I also got led to a pastor there. Um, it was like the last church I was expecting to go to, and yet it was the place of healing that I needed. Um, and so between those two people, like I went through a real rebellious streak. Um, I almost got kicked out of college, which looking back would have totally changed my life. But uh, thankfully, that didn't happen in large part because of those mentors. Um, and, you know, during that time, Emily and I were able to get married. Uh, I finally wore down. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just been so awesome. But I, I just like I look at the life I have today and I know it's so much in part because of those mentors that we had. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful. Yeah, that's just great. For all you young folks, that's just a great reminder of the importance of needing young uh, mentors in your life, people that are just a little further down the road that can speak some truth 
into you, whether you want to hear it or not at the time, um, or whether it comes in a way you want it to come. Um, but that's just because we can fool ourselves a lot, right? And um, we've shared a lot here at Wellspring that a lot of times we see the gospel through the lens of our unhealed pain. And so when we have uh, wounds in our life, it, it impacts the way that we see God, ourselves, and others. And we really need people that can come along um, further along down the road that can come over and kind of wipe those lenses for us, help us see a little bit more clearly so that we stop kind of making improper assumptions about who God is, who we are, and who other people are. So, um, so you get married, uh, start on your kind of adult career journey, and um, within a couple of years, you end up back in St. Joseph doing the thing you didn't think you were going to do. So talk to us about doing uh, ministry and through the church plant a little bit. Go ahead. You had a good answer for this one. So we moved um, to St. Joe in 2016. Um, Jack's parents had come off the missions field and had decided to help uh, start a church here in St. Joseph with a friend of theirs. And so when we, on our drive here, like, you know, it's a long drive, we're talking, we're like, okay, we need to try out a lot of different churches. We need to not just go to the church your parents are at just because they're there. We need, you know, we just need to make sure we're where God wants us to be. But what happens? We get there, and there's like 11 people there, right, because it's a church plant. And um, they had finished the service, and they were doing invitation, and there was no one to sing a song. And we're just like standing there looking at each other like, okay, we can do this. They were doing YouTube, and it was like rough YouTube, too. It wasn't like, <laughs> it was rough. So we just got up and sang Jesus paid it, paid it All. He played, and I sang with him, and it was great. And, of course, everybody was like, oh, you guys are awesome. You should come. And so we did. And I will say, like, in the beginning, it was really good. I think we were really enjoying ourselves and really growing and learning and having that community. Um, but what ended up happening is that as the church grew, there was more needs. And because we have such a rich background in ministry, we were capable of doing it. Um, so we just kept stepping up and saying, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Yeah, we, I know how to do that. And so we were there for six years. Um, during that time, um, we did all kinds of things. Jack was the worship leader pretty much the whole time we were there. Um, I sang with the band about half the time. I was nursery coordinator, children's ministry. We did youth group together. So like pretty much anything the church needed, we just said, okay, you know. And our biggest issue is that we didn't know boundaries. We didn't know how to say no. We didn't know how to say yes to the right things and no to, the, to things that weren't good for us to do. So that was a big challenge during that time as far as just the church. And then plus, my, my dad was a co-founder, and so you have a family element to it, too. So there was a lot of obligation, and just like what Bob mentioned, you know, both of us had a deeply ingrained sense of duty to the church. And don't get me wrong, duty has its place. You know, like, sometimes you got to grit through things to, because the, the overall mission is worth investing in. Some, like, it has its place, but, but when you're just a doormat, that is not, that's what we're talking about, where we just said yes to everything. And what that meant was we were saying, by saying yes to things that we weren't called to, we were saying no to things we were. You know, there, in ministry, it's really, really easy to confuse capability and calling. And that's something that I feel like we have to, to work on. And that's, that's something we've really, really had to work on. Um, and, you know, and, and what complicated the matters even more during that time is that um, about halfway through that season, my dad uh, came down with cancer. Uh, he developed brain cancer. And so um, it, it became even harder to 
to separate ourselves from the church because of the, the very visible impact. And plus, you know, we would have lost our, um, our community for that particular uh, season and suffering. Um, but, you know, at the same time, God was still working in our hearts saying that, hey, I want something more for you. I want some depth, and, and actually, because both of us were in business, uh, um, we, we had both been in some leadership positions, and so we, we kind of wanted to lean into that to do it well and lead people well, and so we started consuming some different leaders, just business leadership content, and the truth is, is that we started feeling more fulfilled by some of that information and, and personal growth element of that than we were at church, and we're, we're just looking at each other like, why is, this is so wrong, this is, this is backwards, we should be, you know, church should be our place of personal growth and fulfillment, not, not business, you know, because business is, is just business, and uh, that was really what God used to, to show us that, hey, there is suffering going on, and, and, but you need to trust me with the church, you need to trust me with your futures, and you need to trust me with, with your hearts, because I have a place that's, that's for you. And so over time, uh, and we ended up losing my dad, and uh, so it wasn't easy. You know, I, I won't say that the rainbows came out. No, it was very, very difficult. Um, but I wouldn't change anything for the world right now to be sitting here. Yeah. So you guys uh, started coming to Wellspring during Advent last year, right? So about December. And um, last year was, was my sabbatical. So I had taken six weeks in the summer, and then I had two weeks left. Um, and so when they, you guys showed up here for the first time, I was on sabbatical. <laughs> and um, so you're like, yeah, I, I kind of like this place. Um, no, but talk about the impact that that had on you. I thought that was a really interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, so I, I told Bob when we were doing like the, the prep work for this, I was like, you know, you not being here was the best first impression of Wellspring we could have had. <laughs> um, but no, of, of course, you know, and the only reason I say that is because we had, we've had heard about growing up in ministry, like you hear about a lot of different perspectives, right? Because there's a lot of different ministries out there. And um, I'd heard of like some of these like super mega church pastors doing this idea of a sabbatical because for the purpose of, of renewal and regeneration and perspective um, and and healing in, in a way. Um, it's just the refreshment to like come back at it. You know, we all have vacations at uh, in our regular jobs, but a lot of like ministry is, is kind of on the fence whether that happens or not. And so to actually like show up and see this happening was like totally mind blowing for us. And, and uh, I think Justin was preaching that day and of course it was awesome, but to like to just come out of a place of burnout and come in a really a lifetime of burnout and to see like the thing that you were missing executed day one was just, we were just speechless. We were like, we have to come back and figure out what's going on at this place. So uh, very much kudos to not only the Bob and the leadership team for facilitating that and the board, but kudos to you guys for your expectations and, and things like that because it, it takes everybody. So. Yeah, I would just follow up with that. You know, since we struggled so much with boundaries and saying no, and kind of what was modeled for us before was you just do it till you're dead. <laughs> like, you just keep showing up. I'm sorry. People need to be served. You keep showing up. And so to see not only did you have a system in place, like, no, the pastor's going to take off, and somebody else is going to cover, and, and the delegation that was happening, allowing more people to come in and take responsibility so that you get adequate rest, we were just like, oh, this is already being modeled, and this is what we need to hear and what we need to learn. And then shortly after that, I think was when Justin started teaching on the boundaries. Um, and I went and read the book, finally, and we like consumed the content and we're like, this is life-changing, mm. absolutely life-changing, and it has been. And not in a way where it's like, okay, we're shutting everyone out, 
but in a way where it's like, okay, what is the most valuable thing to us and what talents do we have to bring to the table that we love and enjoy and can start saying yes to those things instead of getting pulled in a million different directions doing things that aren't our skill sets, you know? And that was just so freeing mm. um, to see it modeled and then to be able to take from that. That was awesome. Good. Um, so last one really here um, is just so you've been here about a year. How has God been kind of working on your hearts, healing you in different ways and shaping you through your time uh, at Wellspring now? So I know for me, like I, I said earlier, I, I at an early age hardened my heart to both people and God. Um, and it's hard to come out of that. Um, you know, it's, it's like you, you, you kind of set those bones in a way and, and yet you, you can see the, the shortcomings. You can see the lack of, of potential that's being met. And, uh, and so being here, I mean, like this, the sermon series have just been crazy good. Like when, when, uh, we started the, like the winsome way was awesome. Very, very good. But when we started the, the series on courage and fear, Emily just, and I looked at each other like this can't be happening. Like, are we the only two people in this church? Because they nailed it. Uh, because that's just what we need to hear. And so, um, there's just such a, a sincerity and a, a authenticness that you guys exude as a community. Um, and we are so happy to be a part of it. There's such a, a desire for, for sustainable, genuine growth that we have fed off of becoming from a place of really lacking in community and lacking in connection. Um, and that's helped us so much. Um, you know, and it's going to take time for like, I know personally, you know, I don't have it all figured out. Uh, there's still a lot of hardness in my heart, but there's hardness in my heart that I have not seen for years until I got here. So thank you for helping me with that. And I'm, I'm nervous about that process because growing is hard and, you know, shedding scales is hard, but, um, that is, you know, just like the Bible says, you know, God wants us to have a heart of flesh, not of stone. Um, and I've had a stony heart for a long time. So I'm just, I'm really excited to go on that journey with you guys. Um, I think for me, when we first started coming here, there was, there was just something different about Wellspring. We had actually gone to seven different churches before we landed on this one, just you know, testing out churches to see where we wanted to find our next church home. Um, and as soon as we walked into the door, we both knew there was something different here. It was a sense of healing that we had not experienced in other places. And, and we couldn't put our finger on it, so we just had to keep coming back to try and figure it out. And through all the sermon series that we have gone through, it's been just what... It was like God crafted this time for us to heal our hearts and to give us hope and strength and renew us during some, you know, he mentioned uh, the church and the difficulties there, but just losing his dad, we were really, really close with his dad and walking through that process and then having to leave the church that his dad started, you know, it, it was a very painful season. And so for me, a few takeaways, obviously it was the boundaries, but then having, growing up from a legalistic background, having curiosity to other people instead of judgment, um, approaching with kindness and curiosity first instead of like, oh, nope, that doesn't seem right. Let's not do that. You know, like there's so much that I still have to learn, you know, even in those areas. Um, and then those, this last series on courage, we've, we've had to have some hard conversations just in the last week. And I don't know if we could have done it without that reminder to be bold and be courageous. And I'm just so grateful for where we're supposed to be. I would have one more thing to add, if, if you mm -hmm. don't mind, Bob. Um, 
you know, we're really excited to get to share our story with you guys and get to know you. We figured it is a good way to get to know every one of you at like one time. So now we'll, you can form a line and we'll get to know your, your side. Um, but no, it's, it's great to get to know you guys because we do really want to integrate. But, you know, our purpose for sharing is, was in no way, shape or form to disparage ministry. Like both of us firmly believe that ministry is, is a very, very high calling. There's no other job that, or very few other jobs that you have that you have to live out the way min you do with ministry. Um, and so I, I, both of us just want to leave you with the impression that like, we're not hating on ministry in any way. If anything, we, want, we wanted to share so that you guys could see how real ministry is on the other side, that, that it takes a real toll on, on people that are in ministry, but it's so fulfilling as well, right? Everything has a cost. If you want to be an Olympian, you have to pay a high cost, but it, the reward is great as well. And that's, that's really, I, I feel I can speak on behalf of those in, in ministry here, um, that they love what they do. And is it taxing at times? It's 100% taxing at times. Like it will push you to, to limits you did not know you had, but the reward is so, so great. Um, and I know it's a privilege for them to be, you know, to have that special role in your life, but don't be afraid to support them. Like if, you know, if they seem off, don't be like, oh, well, he's not being very pastorly today. No, he's being human. Maybe in this one moment, he's being human. Like just pour grace on every single one of the people that are serving. Like be one of the people that serves because you will grow so much um, in ways that you didn't know. It's working with people and working with people on behalf of, of the Lord is such a rewarding thing to do. So please, you know, even though there is a cost, it is a growing process that it will benefit you so, so much. So don't ever forget that. Cool. Can we give those guys a round of applause? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, um, so that takes a lot of courage. So um, I appreciate them coming and sharing today. And if you haven't gotten a chance to, to get to meet them and their family, please do so. Um, you know, one of the things that as we started Wellspring, um, a lot of us that, that were a part of getting this thing going had been a part of, you know, ministries and churches over the course of our uh, adult lives too. And a lot of, unfortunately, kind of unhealthy systems at times. And so one of the things we really strived for when we got started um, you know, a part of that creating a new normal is creating healthy systems of, of church and how we operate, of families and how they operate. And so from the beginning, having sabbaticals be a part of what we do, only scheduling people for children's ministry once a month <laughs> instead of like week after week where you're just wearing people out. And I had come out of a lot of places where I just honestly felt used in ministry. Um, and that is just not... Uh, you don't get excited by getting up on Sunday morning to go someplace and serve when you feel like you're just there for what you can do and not for who you are. So we're not perfect here, um, but that really is our desire um, is to be healthy, to help other people heal. Um, and that means sometimes that you don't need to be serving here. That means sometimes when you're in places where you're a little broken and um, dealing with some things, you need to step away and let the community kind of wrap around you and... Um, and just comfort you, soothe you, um, help you heal through a time so that when you do serve, you can do it from a place of, of wholeness and excitement and enthusiasm. So that's what we want this place to be. And I think what hopefully was encouraging for you guys to hear today is that none of this is possible without your all's support, right? I mean, we can come up with whatever ideas we want, um, but if the church body doesn't step in and um, create an atmosphere where that's possible for me to be gone for a while or Justin, whoever, 
um, that doesn't happen. We've had, obviously, both of our children's folks have had multiple babies and have taken time away and other people have stepped in and been them for a season to help them out and that just provides a, a healthy place for us to be. So I'm going to pray for us. Our band's going to come back up as we wrap up this morning. Do you join me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, time today. Thank you again for the reminder through Jack and Emily's stories that um, you just come in so many different ways and you meet us sometimes even in um, places of, of hurt through serving you. And um, God, you bring our hearts back from those places where maybe we've, we've kind of created a narrative of you that's just not quite right. Um, just that sense of obligation or duty to, to serve you and not be wholehearted in that. And um, so thank you for those reminders today. Thank you for this place. Thank you for folks that have loved the folks that come through our doors, no matter what their story or background was. Um, just help us to continue to be hospitable people who reflect the love of Christ to everyone who, who enters this place. We want them to know the real you as much as we can display it, God. And so we just thank you, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you guys stand as we finish up?